What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Stimulated. My name is Luke. I'm your host. I'm here with Alex Freaky. Alex is a all-around badass supplement store owner, medical device rep, an actor, a husband. What is it that you don't do? Oh, man, I probably I can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we found something. We found something that Alex cannot do. Also a dog dad. I mean, man, we could go, the list could go on and on for real. So. Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, Yeah, I try to be a jack of all trades, master of none, you know? I feel you, right? That's like a lot of us. Like, I feel like, I feel like once you become a husband, uh, even before the dad thing kicks in, because I do have three daughters, it's that you kind of take that route a little bit, because if you're anything like me, I'm sure you have a honey-do list, and yeah, I have usually. screwed up a lot of stuff on that list in the past and ended up having to call somebody for help, <laughs> usually yep. my father-in-law. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you have to wear so many hats, <clears throat> you know, I mean, being a, uh, I'm not a dad yet, we will be coming up soon, but like, yeah, I mean, as a husband, like, I, you know, you got just wear hats, I mean, many hats as you possibly can, and, and uh, it's usually never enough anyway, so, um, you know, that's a different conversation for our times, so. <laughs> right, there's definitely, we could be, we're learning new stuff every day, so I'm really, really happy to have you on the show, brother, like, I, we want to get to know you. So take us back. Tell us, you know, where you're originally from, where you grew up, you know, just kind of take us through till you started your professional career. Yeah. So uh, originally from um, a small town in Pennsylvania called Dixon City, which okay. not many of you heard of, but you've heard of Scranton. I'm sure most people that are going to listen to this have seen The Office one time or another. Absolutely. So. Uh, the office is what everyone knows Scranton from or Joe Biden. Um, he's not really from Scranton, but um, he uh, it says Scranton. So Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania area, um, lived there for 26 years. And um, yeah, grew up there as an athlete playing basketball my whole life. Um, went to Catholic school um, from ninth grade on to graduated Went to college at Misericordia University, which is a very small school in uh, Dallas, Pennsylvania. And um, from there, you know, I, I studied biochemistry along with business administration and marketing. So I had my hands full and was a collegiate athlete. So I kind of had uh, uh, my hands definitely full with so many different things daily. Um, but yeah, so that's you know, where I kind of grew up. You know, I grew up in... Um, a Russian household. My, uh, my, my parents are not from Russia, but, um, are deeply rooted in the culture. Um, so very, um, very strict with, you know, work, 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 work. Right. That's kind of how we, you know, it's kind of how we, you know, it's ingrained, you know, which is a good way to grow up. Absolutely. You know, my, 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 da my dad, um, made me get a grass cutting business when I was seven. So, Wow. You know, I, we're I'm, on the I've same been, page, man. When I was 10, I started my own grass cutting business as well. I did that. Dude, I, it's for the best. Years. Yeah. 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 I mean, man, I, I was one of the only seven, you know, seven year olds that had a new bike every year, yep. you know, cause I, I bought it, you know what I mean? I charged 10 to 15 bucks a lawn. I would do 10, 15 lawns a week. You know what I mean? That's really good money for a seven year old. Um, that's awesome. You know, but yeah, so that's how it kind of got rooted into starting to, do many things in terms of you know like work ethic you know which was right. really cool um how far and then did you with take the college, your education how far did you go 
Um, so yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in biochemistry and uh, also a bachelor's degree in business administration and marketing. Awesome. So um, yeah, so kind of a little diverse background there. You know, when I was in, in school, I wanted to, I was, I was going pre-med, um, but by the time I got done with my second degree, I was so burnt that I, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go work and uh, get on with life. Um, just, it was just a lot. So um, yeah. So then after that, man, you know, I, uh, uh, during college, it was weird. I got a, I used to work at GNC. There's a lot of fitness and bodybuilders out there probably worked at GNC at some point in time. Um, I did. <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. I mean, listen, I yeah, could probably man. name five, five or 10 of my friends who did. So, um, yeah. So I worked at GNC and, um, I was standing in front of the store cause it was, it was a dead day, which most GNCs are, yep. um, you know, uh, I was standing at the, the front of the store, just watch people watching outside in the mall. And, uh, this guy came up to me and said, Hey, can I take your picture? And listen, this is Scranton, Pennsylvania. You're like, what? Uh, I was, I was like, I don't know, man, six, no, I was uh, 19, maybe at the time, mm-hmm. 20 and took my picture on a Polaroid, asked me for my email, my phone number, um, said he was a casting director from New York city. I had no idea what that meant. Right. Um, my mentality was like, you take body castings of people, like you're a casting director. <laughs> oh my God. No, yeah, yeah. no idea what that meant. And uh, lo and behold, I'm into my senior year of college. And I get, uh, it was almost like six months to a year later, and I get a, a, a phone call and text message from, uh, from that guy. His name is Daniel Peddle. Um, and he's like, yeah, can you come up for a, um, a photo shoot for uh, Another Man magazine? I'm number one I ever heard of it. It's from the UK. Right. Um, he's like, yeah, we're looking for, um, guys, your your look, whatever. And I was like, uh, you know what? Yeah. Tall, All right. Tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the time, I had hair. At the time I had hair. Okay. I was, okay. I full had a red. Yeah, I had red curly hair at the time. So, wow. um, so yeah, I went up to New York, did a casting, and I was like, this is awesome. And then uh, met some other people, and then got myself uh, in signed with an agency, and then started doing more shoots and Nike, Under Armour, and then. Um, this is when modeling, in my opinion, modeling was real. Right. It was no Instagram, no Facebook. You got found by someone and then you built a portfolio and it was sent off to companies. Um, the real deal stuff. So I was actually uh, an actual sign model. And then I started doing commercial acting um, where I took a few acting classes uh, on my spare time on the weekends in Manhattan. Um, and then just kind of went from there. And then, cool. uh, yeah. So that's so been, what are your, been quite a ride. Absolutely, dude. So so for the record, I said seven feet tall. You how tall actually are you? You're like six five, right? Yeah, six five. Okay. And so I mean it's still incredibly tall. I mean, and it's definitely you stand out from a crowd, which is you know, probably why that gentleman saw you right away and was like, All right, this this guy stands out and you know, in front of everybody. Plus, you've always pretty much always been in shape because you've always done some type of physical fitness for yourself or sports, yeah, something like that, right? Yep, absolutely. Cool. So the so tell us about some of the most memorable moments from your acting career because I know, you know, for for a short period of time you really got deep into it, but then you kind of diverted from that at one point and kind of went a completely different direction with your life. But tell us some of the yeah. some of those key points. So um 
yeah, to, to, to make that, you know, this section brief, I can go on for a long time, but this is the key points where, um, in my opinion, all of the, um, all of the castings I did that I did not get was memorable. If that makes any sense. It was, I yeah. failed so many times. Now I'm not going to say failed. I just didn't get picked. Right. Um, you know, I, I wasn't the right person. I wasn't the right look. I wasn't, I was too tall. I was too whatever. And, um, that was my, one of my most memorable portions was the repetitive nature of the business where I went to a casting. I, I got, I didn't get it. It was just like, it, it was a, a, a thrill and of a challenge to, to go in front of people and Hey, save these lines and act it out immediately without even rehearsing without whatever, just getting the character. Boom. Right. That was, it was really, it was thrilling. Um, secondly, it was um, my first break was I did a Planet Fitness commercial. Um, it was the Lunk commercial of um, the different types of gym. The, one of the first, I'm going to say this right now, the first gym personality uh, commercials that were ever, that was ever done awesome. nationwide. They, so, they, they alarmed um, on you. They were the one, they whacked the alarm for you. They would have. Yeah. So this, this one was, <laughs> um, if you guys YouTube it, uh, type in Planet Fitness earthquake and that'll be me. That was what I looked like. When I was about 26 years old, um, it's uh, basically me throwing weights around and, mm -hmm. you know, being like a, um, a lunk that just like, you know, picks stuff up and throws them down. So yeah. that was one of my most memorable things of Planet Fitness. Worked with them, did that commercial. And then from then on, man, it was really cool. Um, I got into um, NBC Blacklist. Uh, I was in the season finale, part one and two of Berlin. Um, it was the Very first cool. season. So, and then secondly... Um, I was in John Wick, uh, the first John Wick, which in arguably was one of the best action films, um, it's going to be of all time. Um, right. it's, uh, uh, it was a, just a, a great experience and then meeting Keanu Reeves and him having shooting me in the face was really an honor. <laughs> um, that's but awesome. yeah, it was, that, those were the, the key points, man. And I, it, I wouldn't, tra wouldn't trade it for the world. That's awesome, man. So Take us back a little bit and talk about uh, your time on Tough Enough, man, because I, I laugh because when I first found out about that you were on that show, I went back and I was like, I watched that season, but I didn't know who you were at that point in time because For you sure. know, we've, we still to this day have not officially met, but we've seen each other right, right. Dude, at, at least 50 times because every time I would go to an expo, you were in the Gap booth yep. and I would walk by you and we've seen each other. You know, and I, and I recognize you from, you know, from social media and from other stuff. So, but I obviously at that point in time had no clue who you were, but I watched that season of Tough Enough that you were on as a fan. And then to go yeah. back and be like, hey, I know that guy. You know, it's like <laughs> very cool. So what kind of an experience was that? Because it had to be a roller coaster. It was, man. You know what? Reality TV is really hard. Um, it was something that I wasn't a fan of, the acting portion of it. Um Basically, uh, it was, I mean, it was actually it was very physical because if we had to train, literally right. train to be wrestlers. So it was mm -hmm. really hard. I mean, the beating a wrestler takes by far is, is, is insane. And I, I got it. I now have newfound respect for wrestling. Um, I was a broken piece of meat through that whole first week of, of the prelims of it. And uh, it was it was rough. Um, but you know, it was, it was a lot of fun because I, I, it, all the cast members are lifelong friends now. I mean, Mata and I still talk Tanner, um, we're all still friends and, you know, it was hard because we had a, we had to argue with each other. That was like it. Right. You think about it. When you watch the TV, it's yeah. not just, 
it's not just fun. It's not just like, oh, we're having a good time. Like you have to have conflict. And it wasn't like, hey, here's the conflict. No, you had to create it. So like we had to get into, we had to create ourselves as either like the, the heel, you know, or, or the, the hero. So like, of course, it was easy for me to get mad and, 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 you know, look like a villain. So I was a heel in that, in that scenario. I was like the mean big guy. Um, and, uh, it was, it was very, very, um, strength tired. It was like, right. you know, being filmed from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, not having much downtime. It was, it was wild. And how long was that full process for you? Like how long were you actually there on set with, you know, full on doing this process? So the, um, I think they called it the barracks is where we lived. Mm-hmm. And all it was was a, a warehouse, man. We lived on cops in a warehouse for a month. Wow. Um, yeah, dude, it wasn't like a really cool house, like on road rules or whatever. No, no, right. it was, uh, it was, it was roughing it, man. It was, uh, um, it was fun, but yeah, I was there for about a month. Okay. So still a month of your life in those kind of conditions and dealing with all that stuff. You have, I'm sure when you were done, you were absolutely exhausted i i laugh because i look back at those days and i actually sent a tape in for real world back in the day dude and i actually got called for to come in for the initial um uh, in-person casting which was crazy i can't you couldn't even believe that it happened but my daughter my uh, ex was actually pregnant with my oldest daughter at the time and i had to turn it down i ended up not going and Ah. i was like you know but i look back at all that craziness and i go there's part of me that's happy I wasn't involved, <laughs> but then there's another part of me that's yeah. like, damn, I could probably be like in TV or movies or something now if I had actually, yeah. you know, went it, through it. Yeah. But it definitely yeah, I mean, you're like probably better off. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it was. Um, but the, the, the crazy part about the whole experience was um, it was a, it, it started off as a joke, Luke. Right. So, like, my buddy, and he's a famous fitness personality his name is jason poston mm-hmm. so i lived in dallas him and i were friends we're still our friends but we were you know we we're hanging out and we're at, we're eating at a, a burger joint after we trained and he's like dude i got a call from this casting director about the tough enough thing like i'm not in a wrestling you look like a wrestler he's like if you're interested let me know i'm like all right yeah, whatever so give him my number so the guy called me uh cast director called me he's like hey he's like you know whatever interested i got your name from jason um he sent me a picture of you and he's like, he's like i think you'd be good for this and I'm like, you know, what is it? He's like, it's a tough enough show. I'm like, oh, I've heard of it before. I think I, I've seen it. Um, he's like, yeah, you know, just send us in a, send us in like a, a 30 second clip of, you know, why you should be on tough enough. And I was like, you know, all right. So I sent him a clip. The guy calls me back. He's like, dude, send me another one. Send me like a wrestling one. Like, I was like, want me to yell into the cameras? Oh yeah, totally. And I was like, oh, that's, okay. That's and awesome. This entire, this, this entire time, I'm like, I didn't really care if I got right. it. Or not. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll try it. So lo and behold, I sent my clip in and uh, he, uh, he's like, all right, cool. He's like, you know, we'll contact you if the next steps, whatever. And uh, dude, no joke. Um, my mom and dad, my phone blew up. It went crazy. Everyone in I, the, the news called me, everything from my hometown, like it went crazy. All of a sudden my picture was on, was on like, the top 20 people that are going to be going to Florida. Right. I didn't even, didn't even tell me like, yeah. And it was just, 
put out there and all of a sudden like it was like i'm going to florida that That's was it. awesome and, yeah that was the craziest part totally random so tell tell me you still have that original video i don't man oh don't. man that sucks i know that would so, be but you know what though have. i did i did a wrestling thing for uh for joe years ago mm-hmm. um and for the viewers out there joe's uh the owner of project ad a supplement brand um he likes rest he liked wrestling so i did like this like this video with a belt on around my neck for for him for like a, a an instagram thing and many years ago uh-huh. um that i can probably dig up i can probably dig that up that's cool so dude let's let's segue i mean tell me tell me about how you went from you know this situation where you're you're doing movies and you're you're, you're involved in these tv shows and stuff how did you kind of slide over into like the supplement world? How'd you get involved with that? So, so prior to, uh, prior and during acting, um, I was a demo rep for GAT. Um, okay. So I was a head of security at a bars in Philadelphia. That's where I lived at the time for two years while I did acting and stuff. Cool. Um, I made good money doing that. And then like, you know, my buddy, my buddy Ray in Florida was like, Hey man, He's like, you're really good with social media and you know, you know, you're a supplement guru. Want to be a demo up for us? You can do demos, get paid, you know, it was like 90 bucks a demo, which is really awesome money um, for demos around vitamin shops in in Philly and like whatever. And I was like, yeah, dude, totally. So long story short, I did that. And then I was doing really well at that. And then they uh, gave me a task to do um, to see if I'd, you know, be qualified to be, you know, actually be a regional manager for the company. And I got it. They, uh, um, this is when acting kind of ended. This is before Tough Enough. Tough Enough was the last thing I did. So got into the supplement world where they gave me the Texas region. So they moved me to Philly, from Philly to Texas, to be regional manager of Texas and Oklahoma um, for GAT. So I was with GAT Sport for like three years, two, no, two, two and a half years um, when I'm from Philly uh, to Texas. And then the Tough Enough show came. I took time off from them and then um, kind of, you know, kind of relinquished my position um, because it was, right. you know, an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So I went into the Tough Enough show and then got back out. And then I worked for um, uh, Black. And when I got out, Blackstone Labs and all those brands picked me up. Um, and then after I left there, um, I went in, I went, I came back to Gat actually. Um, because I really, I really enjoyed the brand. It's always been a solid brand for me. Right. Um, went back to Gat and worked with them for like six years as a regional manager and then did formulations and other things like that. So that's kind of how that all evolved. Wow. So it's literally just like, you know, random happenings throughout life and, and relationships with people and things that kind of just pop up, which is, yeah. I have a very similar story, which is, it's incredible to, to think about the way that like kind of things come about. So when did you decide to open your own store? When did you, when did that happen? So um, in the midst before GAT, when I was with Blackstone, I was, they're going to move me to Arizona to take over some of the West coast. Um, and my mother-in-law uh, wanted to do a smoothie shop. And I was like, man, I don't know anything about that business. I, I don't. Right. Um, I was like, you know, she, she's in the fitness and she, I was like, let's do a supplement store. I, I know how to buy. I just don't know how to actually, actually run a business. I have no clue. Um, kind of went online and Googled, like, how do I do all this stuff? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I knew I could make money 
from my buying uh, um, aspects and my relationships. Um, and then, you know, it was, it just took off from there. I mean, the, you know, uh, uh, opening a business, uh, actual retail was probably one of the most, most hardest things I've ever done in my life. Wow. What year did you actually open the store? January 14th, 2016. Wow. So you've actually had the store for five years. I didn't realize it was that you had had it for that long. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's yeah, always yeah, been, absolutely. has it always been like a secondary thing for you? Like you've obviously had a career and the store's kind of yeah. just been on the backside. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cool. been a, I'm not going to call it a side hustle. Cause it's not a hustle. Oh, yeah, it's it's a store, been a, but I you know, a side, side, side deal for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. And that's, um, and just in case anybody's wondering, that's performance supplements in what town is it in Arizona? It's in Mesa. Mesa. And, um, Very cool. You know, during this past year in COVID, we actually created an e-commerce website so we can actually pull business in from other states right. um, due to you know, the lack of traffic. So uh, if you guys want to check it out, performancesupsupp.com. Very cool. And uh, we got, you, I know you just recently dropped some news too, that you're kind of, you're starting your own line, which I think is fantastic. I saw you post about your creatine product today. I believe it's called CreaGrow, or is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I, I never wanted it to do a line because um, I've been involved with supplement companies for a long time. And right. um, it's not going to be a line. It's not going to be a full There's some line. products I that wanted... you fit the niche. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's really it, man. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm making protein. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not one. I'm doing, you know, I'm, do, I'm just going to do stuff that I already use that maybe some of the, the brands that I deal with don't have. Right. And it's going to be on our website, in our store only, not doing a whole company. You know what I mean? It's just for the shop. So you're not going to be selling it off to other stores and stuff. You're literally just going to be making it for yourself no. and your customers. That's it. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. So what's your favorite part about owning a supplement store? Like when you're there and you're hanging out and you're kind of doing your thing, you know, take us through like a, you know, just what brings you joy. So, uh, you know, it's cliche to say, but I really enjoy, I actually do enjoy helping people. Um, and I can speak to that in honesty because I never needed the income from the store. I haven't taken a paycheck for four years from it. I haven't taken money from it for four years straight. So my employees, um, and now one employee of mine is now my business partner who bought my mother-in-law. I pay him everything from it. So when I talk to a customer and I say, listen, I'm not trying to sell you anything because I don't care if you buy it. I don't make money from it technically. Right. So you're not helping me at all. I'm just here to give you the right information for you to make an educated decision on what you want to use for your goal. So, um, you know, that's the best part about my business Mm -hmm. is it's not something I need. I don't need it at all. I can close it tomorrow and not care, but I enjoy helping people and giving them the right information on supplementation. Absolutely. And dude, that it's awesome to hear you say that because there's so many people out there that don't care and literally are just trying to make a buck and just trying to kind of sell everybody everything. And I think those of us that have, you know, come from the background, like you said, of working at like a GNC and stuff like that. I mean, I remember going in in the morning and having the conversations with the owner about these are what are on spiff today. So make sure everybody buys it. It was never, it was never about the customer. It was about the product. It was about making as much money as we possibly could and getting everybody who walked in the door to buy something, whether they needed it or not. So right. that's do, a very do you remember thing. Yeah. Do you remember when they, uh, uh, the, uh, 
uh, I'm not sure if you had to do it, but it's called a cycle count. You had to count all the expensive items. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had to sell multivitamins to every person who came in the store. That yep. was like a, 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 a metric, you know, and that's, that, that's why I, I, when I opened the store, I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. Like that's no, no need to do that. Okay. I've actually turned customers away. Really? Hey, you don't need these six products. You need to here, use this one. You'll be fine. Let's start there. Right. And, I have a, a customer and a friend of mine right now that I met when I first opened the store. Um, he came in and first thing I asked him is, Hey, how are you eating, man? You know, what are you, what are you doing for your food? He's like, Oh, you know, it's whatever. I'm like, come back and change that for the next two weeks. Then come back. I told him to go away. Dude, I love that. And, and he literally has been a friend and a customer since because I didn't sell him anything. I didn't yeah. even want his money because like, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to take seven different types of powders and pills, but there's no good food going in. You're not going to, you're not going to go anywhere. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'd rather have a customer get, get um, results and love what they're doing with me. They'll always be a customer of mine. Absolutely, dude. I, I remember similar situation for myself, like going back to GNC where, you know, you would have people who would walk in the door and I worked there back in the days of like Xenadrin and, you know, the real Xenadrin and HydroxyCut when they had yeah. ephedra in them. And there, the other one was a, I forget, there was a blue bottle with black writing. I forget what it was called, but um started with a T and, and every, but everybody was going crazy over these diet pills and they would walk, you yeah. know, you'd get these people that would walk in and be like, Oh, I want, I need, you know, three bottles of Zenager and I need, you know, four bottles of hydroxycut. And I'd look at him and be like, dude, like, you know, what, why, like, why do you want so, Oh, yeah. well, these keep me going through the day. Well, that's not what they're that's- for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not for right. keeping you going through the day. They're fat burners. Like they're products yeah. that are meant to help you. If you're in a, you know, if you're in a calorie deficit and you're taking care of yourself and you're eating healthy and you're trying to lose fat, that's what they're for. They're not, but people are buying yeah. them as energy pills, you know? And, yeah. and yeah. I remember having that conversation with people and being like, no, like, that's not what this is for. Like, if you want something like that, go buy a Vibrant. You know what I mean? Go buy caffeine. Pills. Right. It was just. Right. Right. Exactly. It was insane, exactly. But for I appreciate sure. that like crazy. Cause I think that's a, uh, you know, I think that's, the ethical way to own a supplement store is to, to have an opinion and to not just be a salesperson that just looks to, you know, shove to push everybody out the door with the biggest bag of stuff you can get them to buy. But when you actually yeah. care about your, your customers and you actually have knowledge about the supplements, you know, it, it's amazing. It still amazes me to this day, how often I go into a supplement store and the person behind the counter has no idea what they're doing. They're just there yeah. and hanging out, yep. you know, Hey, do you have this? Yep. Let me look at, let me look in the system. You know, I mean, if you don't, and, you can't tell me what's on your shelf. That's a problem. Right. <laughs> right. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's really why we, we haven't, you know, Amazon hasn't swallowed us up, you right. know, we, cause we provide, we provide that really good service and that value to the person that comes in. And, um, you know, having the website is a great additional portion of it, but it's not my favorite because I, I can't, I can't touch the people with right. my knowledge. Absolutely. You know, when they, when they email or they DM us on Instagram, they're talking directly to me, like literally wow. me. Right. I answer all day long and I like that. And then they'll write a review. Like, Hey, I just talked to this guy. He told me he's the owner and he helped me out and whatever. That's, that's really, I like that a lot, but you know, um, having, having a retail store, I think is, uh, is my favorite part to be, physically be with people very cool i I definitely appreciate that so now we're going to take a completely opposite turn so now we've got you know athlete we've got actor we've got wrestler we've got 
supplement store owner, you know, supplement store, uh, I mean, supplement company, regional sales manager. I mean, there, you know, the list just keeps going on. And now we got the, I, I want to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that your official position is medical device representative. Is that true? Yeah. So my official title is a uh, territory sales manager. Of, okay. uh, um, yeah. Uh, med rep. That's fine. Med device rep. Yep. Cool. But I, but I mean, if I, if I, I mean, if I've read some of your posts and stuff correctly, I mean, you're literally going out and like showing people how to do like surgeries with your, with your equipment, correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, for just for uh, certain purposes, I'm not going to name the company I work for, Absolutely. but, um, um, yeah, I'm in surgery with, uh, with, uh, physicians, uh, for, um, doctors, of course, surgeons, whatever I want to call them, um, every day. So, uh, I'm assisting they're 90, they're 90% fine with my device that they use it fine. Um, it's just more of being there to make sure everything goes smoothly. If they have any questions, if the staff nursing scrub techs need help setting things up, that's what I'm there for. Um, yeah. So I kind of have to be a uh, expert on my device because there is a live person under anesthesia directly in front of me. Absolutely. dude. That's, and what, I mean, I know you went to school for, you started off in, you know, going towards getting a medical degree and then kind of shifted gears, but what really, what opened up this opportunity for you and kind of pushed you in the direction to do, to do, to work in this particular field? So um, after, when I, when I went to school, when I decided I wasn't going to go to med school, I was going to go into the pharmaceutical sales world. Now, back in 2009, the pharmaceutical sales industry took a monster dive. Right. Economy kind of went down, everything kind of slowed down. They weren't hiring any, anyone without experience at least five to 10 years. So I couldn't go and in right into the med medical uh, pharmaceutical or medical device sales. because couldn't have the, any experience. Right. So um, throughout my time working with supplement companies and everything like that, I've been actually actively, I could say wholeheartedly for seven years trying to get into the medical device world. And it's very, very hard. Right. Um, so I saw the writing on the wall with a future. I, I knew that the supplement world, uh, that position I had wasn't going to stay and be at that level um, for, you know, until I'm 50. I knew it wasn't going to be. Um, so, yeah, so I saw it and I, I'm like, you know what? My last year and a half at GAD, I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm going to interview. I'm going to try to get in the medical device world, hardcore network. And that's it. I decided to put my foot down and say, I'm going for it. And I did. Dude, that's awesome. And that's, you know, there's a, there's, it's actually been said by uh, coworkers in the past, like just kind of going back to a similar situation, like how I kind of got into the supplement world. You know, a lot of people have kind of put it in, put it in the terms of I kicked the door down, you know, and kind of like just became like got myself in there without, cause I wouldn't take no for an answer. It sounds like you right. did essentially, you know, the similar thing to get to be where you are now. Now, what are with what you're doing now, what, what are your plans for the future? Like, what do you see going forward with the working with the medical device company? Like, is this something that you could potentially go on and, open your own company or is that not even on the radar? Like what, what is, what's like the next five years look like for Alex? Um, honestly, yeah. I mean, the whole only man, you know, meant by that, that's kind of out. Um, it's okay. just, there's, you know, it takes a lot, a lot to do something like that nature. Um, my head is in the direction of growing my career 
since I'm, I'm two years in, um, you know, I, I have a, a really a good position, um, maybe increase my position to another level or two. Um, but I honestly, I'm never this type of way, but I'm very content on where I'm at with my actual career well, because I have so many things going on behind, you know, after work, right. I, I am, you know, I'm very comfortable with what I'm doing. So, um, I'm just going to continue to grow my career in my position I have, but of course, you know, try to get promoted and things of that nature. Um, the company I'm with has a whole bunch of the different divisions. Um, so I may switch divisions in the future, um, different products. Um, yeah. So it's just, you know, very similar to what I'm doing now, but maybe a few levels up. All right, cool. Very, very cool. Now we got, now we're going to get into like some, some fun questions. And, and one of the ones that I like to ask people because it really opens up, you know, the, the opportunity for conversation is tell me if you looked back at what you've accomplished and what you've done in your life so far, what would be your biggest regret? Was there ever like that step you didn't take? Was there ever that job that you turned down? Was there ever that circumstance that you didn't, you know, jump off the ledge when you, when you wish you look back now and wish that you should, that you would have. Um, yeah. So, um, when I was acting, I had, I had, I was, I was about, I don't know, a month away from pulling the trigger to go to New York city to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't do that because I was afraid of failure. I was afraid that I was going to like have no money and, 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 you know, it's expensive and come from a small town and I don't know if I can do it. Um, but a friend of mine that's in the music world, uh, she reached out to me and she's like, Hey, um, I got a, I want to go to New York. Uh, I know you're doing acting and modeling. I know you know New York. She's like, I want to go there and try to grow my career. Do you want to get like a, uh, a place together, you know, completely platonic, like friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can, you know, we can split it. We can try to do our thing. And I didn't do it. Oh. And, you know, again, I didn't do it, but I, I, I'm a firm, firm believer. Everything happens for a reason because right. my career went on pretty well. I met my wife, et cetera. But, that is one thing that um, I should have been like, you know what, boom, and just, you know, did it. But unfortunately, you know, fear got the best of me. I got you. And I had to tell, to, how did you meet your wife? Um, in Philadelphia, actually. Okay. We met through a mutual friend. And, uh, yeah. Has she been uh, uh, cool with kind of like with the moving around? I know you left Philly, you went to Texas. Texas to Arizona. Yeah. I know that could be tasking on a relationship. So has she been so, with moving? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, she's been, she's been like my sidekick. Like literally we, we met um, in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm going to say January, 2014. And then um, by end of June or July of that year, got, uh, moved me to Texas. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, I was like, Hey, I got to go. Like, this is a, an opportunity I'm not passing up. You can come with me or I'm like, we got to part ways. And she's like, I'll go. So she came with me. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's been, yeah, we moved from, you know. The, That's a ride or die right there for sure. How long yeah, have you guys been married? Yeah. We've been married for going on third year, I think third okay. or fourth year. No, no, fourth year, fourth year this May. Yep. Very cool. I'm about to turn 15 years on uh, April 7th. Dang. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's it's definitely a, a awesome, but a challenge in the same respect. So 
that's uh yeah. it sounds like you have you know an awesome partner so tell us about like what are some of the things that you enjoy outside of work and supplements and just everything else like what what makes alex tick man what's what's your fun what what's on the fun meter for alex um i uh i got into mountain biking um okay. so uh in i'm gonna say after i competed in the arnold classic in 2018 i decided to lose weight um i used to be about 270 pounds uh a bodybuilder so mm-hmm. um i wasn't feeling good you know decided i need to lose weight and get in shape better healthier shape um so i did so i mountain bike so i started racing mountain bikes um you know that's a hobby of mine um but honestly it's almost cliche to say um I really do just like spending time in my backyard with my wife and dog and stuff like in the summer. It's just, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Relaxing, relaxing to me is an awesome hobby because you're so busy throughout the week, you know? Dude, I have, I, the fact that I have three kids is the, some of the most stressful moments in my life are vacations because we don't go like the beach and just sit there and drink Mai Tais. We go to Disney world and we go to six flags and it's hot and you're standing in line and you're frustrated and the kids are moaning and groaning because they're hot and they're hungry and they're thirsty and they got to yeah. go to the bathroom. And it's like, yeah. dude, it's, it's beautiful. But in the same respect, it's like, I just want to sit in like, wow, dude, I would love to just sit by the pool in my backyard, drinking That's a cocktail, it. hanging out, grilling some burgers yep. and just enjoying, you know, time. That's, yeah. Yep. Dude, Dude, every best, uh, best day ever in the summer, in the summer, man, almost every weekend, there's people at our house because I don't want to leave. No, uh, we all can come over and hang cool. out, but yeah, you know, so that's awesome. And we got a, you have currently, I know, uh, you you do have a pool at your place right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, you got the ultimate like back, you know, backyard pad, and we're uh we're actually getting ready to move and. Our new house does not have a pool, but it does have a community pool, which will be cool. But we'll, we will have a nice little backyard area that we'll be able to set up a, a little casual space out there and be able to be comfortable and stuff. And that, that's really what I'm looking for, man. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I feel the same way. Like I am, I would much rather be me and my wife, you know, even the kids, they can come to <laughs> just hanging out, yeah. dude, relaxing. I mean, you, you can't wind down if you're like wound up and being you know and going and right. sometimes going on vacation just winds you up more you know yep. so very very cool I mean, the uh so you have you have one pup right now and any yep. uh so what are what's on the horizon like are you guys do you guys have an official plan for kids that you've talked about yeah you kind yeah. Of just, so, yeah yeah we're we're going through all the the doctor's appointments all that stuff we're okay. getting yeah we're getting, we're getting that the show on the road you know we're sure. uh, uh hopefully this year you know we'll have something um something going but yeah that's the uh, that's the next step cool yeah. very cool and what do you what's life look like for you for the future like are you planning on staying in arizona for a long time or uh or are you seeing maybe a, the possibility of moving somewhere else in the future or what's that look like right now um if unless the company i work for needs me to move somewhere for a significant um financial opportunity i will definitely be staying here um i uh coming from coal town snowyville pennsylvania my whole life um arizona is by far my favorite place that i've lived um i actually really enjoyed dallas texas though too where we lived loved it there um but 
Uh, I actually like it here better. Um, it's definitely a place where I, I uh, you know, we, we bought our first house, you know, two years ago. So, um, you know, this, this is, it's, we have roots now and the business and everything. So yeah, we're staying. Very, very cool. Yeah, dude, I, I feel you completely there too. Like I'm originally from, I was born in New Orleans, but I moved to Jersey at a very young age and lived back and forth actually between Philly and Jersey. And I grew up on 10th and Wharton in South Philly and, you know, back, then lived in South Jersey for a while, went to high school in uh, Blackwood, New Jersey and things like that. And when I moved down to Florida in 02, I just, I, I've never looked back. Like there's no reason that I want to yeah. freeze my ass no. off and deal with sleet and snow and ice and all that other crap. I mean, it's, I am yeah. very, very happy. Yeah. It might be a little expensive yeah. down here, but I'm very happy with where we are. I'm very much enjoying it. So, well, cool, brother. It's funny. You I mean, mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you lived on 10th and Morton. I lived on Snyder and Passyuk. There you go. Yeah, very, yeah. very not not too far at all. So that's wow. uh that's awesome, man. And I was uh I definitely I do miss Philly, like to be honest. Like I, I miss do. I miss the city. I miss I haven't yep. been there since good God. I haven't been there since I think 04 was no, yeah, 04 was the last time I was up there. And I wasn't wow. I was in Jersey for nationals a couple of years ago, but I didn't make it over to Philly. I actually I've been to New York a few times since then, but I haven't been to Philly, you know, since 04. And I mean, 16 years, a lot of things change, you know, it's very, yeah. very different. And I definitely want to get up there and bring the kids, you know, it's one thing to go there for a few days and, and, and endure the cold on a mini vacation or something like that. And then come back home to the world right. and know that it's here. But like we went, we went to New York last year in January and I'll tell you what, man, it, it was like, perfect like i we bought all these warm clothes we all bought jackets we bought all this crazy stuff yeah. we were there for five days and in five days one night it got down to 36 but the rest of the time that we were there it was like 55 60 the entire time so i never even wore a jacket i was in shorts yeah. at the time like it was beautiful right. in new york and and my kids oh, had yeah. a box and that was one probably one of the best vacations we've had in a long time because we just took it in stride man like we woke up when right, we, wanted right. to, we went and did the sites. We did the Statue of Liberty. We did the, you know, 9-11 Memorial. We did uh, Rockefeller Center and all, you know, everything that we could potentially see, but we did it on our own time. It wasn't right go there, you know, with a, like to an amusement park where it's open from eight to, you know, 10 at night and you have to get everything done in one day. I mean, we just kind of enjoyed ourselves and hung out and ate and, and uh, the kids got to experience the subway and, you know, all that crazy right. stuff. And yeah, we just had a good time. It was probably one of my favorite vacations yeah. in a long time. Those are vac. I, I love vacations like that. I don't like a vacations, man, where they're structured. Like right. that's not a vacation to me. That's work. That's honestly it's just, it's just less. Uh, it's just fun work kind of thing. So absolutely, dude. And if you're anything like me, you sound like you're a planner. So when you go for work stuff, you have everything planned out. You have every yep. you know, every meeting, oh, yeah. meal, every you know whatever is planned. And I'm the same way. You're like I mean, I wake up every day and I got my power list. You know. That's one of the things I got from uh, Andy Priscilla. Shout out to Andy is every day I have my power list ready. I get my stuff done. Yeah. I have my schedule. I have my planner plotted out and I'm ready to go. But man, but sometimes it's good to just wake up and not have a damn thing to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I do. I, uh, my, my, my wife uh, is in Boston this week um, and she's for work. And um, today I woke up, you know, I had some things to do with the, the shop, but like tomorrow I have nothing planned, like really? nothing. And the minute someone like asked me to do something, I get frustrated. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm, not I'm, not. Today. I'm done. Uh, Leave me alone. I feel right. like, what is, what does your wife do? 
Um, so my wife is a neurotrauma ICU nurse. Wow. Um, okay. And uh, she actually is a, a, an instructor uh, for National Laser Institute. So she teaches laser hair removal and stuff like that. So she was a medical esthetician before she went to nursing school. Um, and uh, she does that on the side. And then she, her full time is a neurotrauma ICU nurse. That's crazy. And so, so obviously she works at the ICU down by you guys, but she's, I'm, I'm guessing yep. she's on the road because she's training. She's doing the training deal. So she's, she's actually on the road right now in, in, um, in Boston. She's teaching um, uh, all week at, for National Aid Institute. They needed, uh, they needed some people, um, extra help for a class that's going on in there in Boston. Um, so, yeah, she's up there now just teaching. Uh, she's, she'll be teaching all the way till tomorrow, so Very Monday cool. through Sunday. Yeah. How have you guys fared, especially both of you being in the medical community through like the COVID outbreak and all this stuff that's going on? Like how, what kind of an impact has that had on your lives? Um, other than, you know, again, people who view this, there's, there's so many different views you could have on COVID, but um, you know, we're, we're healthy people. I had COVID, she had COVID, you know, we came out completely fine. Awesome. Um, other than it being an annoyance and, you know, slowed my career down a little bit due to the lack of elective surgeries right. um you know like i said other than being annoyance and, and you know kind of if i had hair i'd probably pull it out during you know with, my, <laughs> with a retail business with a retail business that was affected with gyms yeah that that's the biggest thing it was an annoying uh, an annoyance really right is that when you guys really decided to take the business online was kind of through the yes covid scenario okay and did that yeah. help did and, you, yeah did you notice yes okay cool. um which is really cool because um you know, I know a lot of mentors out there, uh, uh, people that you, you watch and listen to will say the same thing is adversity can create a champion or can destroy you. So when you're faced with an issue like COVID that's out of your control, you have to pivot and change. And we did that. We, you know, we amped up our social media, did more videos, offered free shipping, you know, and then we went online, we, we created a website, got online, and then we evolved and now our business can evolve in the next year or two to we're going to be, you know, moving from a retail space to like an industrial space where we're going to have, you know, specifically online, but customers can still come there and buy product like they would anyways, um, kind of a hybrid place. Cool. So that's kind of the plan there, but yeah, COVID pushed me and I never want to go online. I'm like, I don't want to compete with bodybuilding. I don't want to compete with, with, you know, iHerb and all these places. I'm like, right. well, you know what? I don't have to compete with them. No. I'm me. Yeah. That's it. I'll just do myself. And if I can get, you know, 10, 20, 30 customers a month, that's a revenue that I didn't get previously. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome, dude. And that there's a lot of people that missed out on that opportunity. Like I, I speak to, you know, other supplement company owners and people quite often, you know, through consulting and things like that. And a lot of them have kind of come to me and, and discussed and displayed their, frustration and they're the downfalls during COVID. And I'm like, and I'm looking at them and I'm going, dude, like every company that I represent or represented through this whole COVID pandemic that is had right. to do with supplements and sells online has thrived and or done better and made more money. So why in the heck yep. are you falling behind when everybody else has like, you know, just like 
stuck a strapped a rocket to their asses and move forward and it's and when you start talking to them you really realize that it's that it's we go back to kind of talking about that fear piece where they're like well we were afraid that if we did too much that there wouldn't be the, the sales to reciprocate the spending so instead of you know spending money to make money we pulled everything back we canceled all of our marketing we stopped doing ads we stopped doing this which is the, exactly the opposite thing of what you should have right. been doing during you know once right. everybody dude as soon as everything closed down everything shifted online whether you were yeah, buying I mean, toilet paper or you were buying food totally. you know what i mean, I and, mean and i'm amazed that people did that yeah 100 percent, man i mean like what was the one thing the biggest the biggest increase in uh during covid lockdown people on their phones yes so yes. get in front of the camera and talk about vitamin c dude I, I, I showed my, my business partner, uh, he's seen this multiple times. We've done a video, a live video in the store talking about our top five pre-workouts. Within four, I'm, I'm gonna say within 30 minutes to the three hour mark, we had one to two sales after every video. That's awesome. Because, because that's what people want. They wanna see and hear, but they, it's all on their phones and you gotta have, produce content that yep. people are gonna be like, oh yeah, you know what, I do need that or whatever. But Absolutely. if companies, if companies pull back, then they don't even know that they're they're missing out. Exactly, dude. And it costs you nothing. I mean, that's the beauty of social media is being able to just put stuff out, put stuff out there on your stories and on your feeds and just making funny videos and having a good time. I remember yeah. when uh my one of my favorite parts of this last year with you guys was you put out a meme that said you had two two rolls of toilet paper and you were like, I'll trade you these two rolls of toilet paper huh. for uh, shreddable or something that was funny and and i just laughed yeah. my ass off because i was like dude i mean that's the kind of stuff that i if i didn't if, if i was a consumer in your area and i saw that i'm buying dude like i'm laughing my ass off and then i'm making i'm jumping online and yeah making, and, and making the purchase Heck yeah that's yeah, the kind of stuff yeah i mean separate everyone affected by marketing i mean even though like i do marketing to attract customers and whatever I, I look on, on social media and Instagram and stuff. I see something, I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I'm going to buy that. Like, right. I don't know. Everyone, everyone has has a um, uh, a point where they're like, oh, I like that. That's cool. That's funny. That's like, it. it's just how but it works. I always said, you make somebody laugh, you got them as a customer. And that's at the end of the day, yeah. I really think, you know, they're spending in, in essence is 90% emotional, 10% need. And I say that all the time because yeah. at the end of the day, we buy 10% of what we purchase is because we need it. We need toilet paper. We need shampoo. We need, you know, whatever else. But the other 90% of the right. crap that we spend our money on is because right. it elicits an emotional response. So whether you see a, an advertisement for Buffalo Wild Wings and the wings make you salivate, or you see a funny meme that your local supplement store posted online about a pre-workout they have, those things elicit an emotional response. They make you laugh. They make you hungry. They, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. And that's that's the kind of, that's the position that a lot of people need to take more often so that they are generating more sales and online. Do you remember, do you remember that um, Professor Nuts video I did that was completely and utterly stupid? Which one? The one of the you? The one where I was making one? I was crawling, I was yeah. crawling on the ground with yes. uh, like fake yes. wig on and stuff. Yeah. So that is a, an example of something that like my, my wife was like, that was the dumbest video I've ever seen. I'm like, but you watched it, didn't you? And I left. You saw you saw me with a wig on and a bucket hat, and I was crawling around in the jungle looking for the holy grail of peanut butter, yep. and I found it. And that was I, the video. And I it. remember Joe commenting on that, and he was like, "Well, that I don't know if I don't know about that video." And I was like, "Well, I'm posting it." 
and I posted it and the response was fantastic. I mean, if you go back to it now, there were a lot of laughing emojis on the post. There were people who yeah, posted so it. Yeah, dude, that's all we needed. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. So you definitely got yeah. the, uh, got the concept there. And I think what you guys do, you know, although, you know, when you look at obviously scaling, like you're, you're still trying to, you, you got, I'm sure you got some customers that buy that know you and appreciate what you guys do from other, from other States and stuff, but I'm sure the majority is still local. I mean, I guarantee you probably yeah. still, the majority of your customers, even the ones that are buying online are probably still fairly local to you because they're not, they just don't want to leave the house. So they'd rather order from you and get it shipped to them. But at the end of the day, yeah you you know you've created a name for yourself and you have the ability to be a character have fun you know not be embarrassed by what you know i think a lot of people are like i've, I've talked to supplement company owners i mean people who are who should be the face of their brand who are afraid to be in front of a camera and it's like dude yeah if you're afraid yeah. to have fun with your brand and put it out there the way that you want it to be dis displayed in front of the public who else is going to do that because the best person to do that is you you know what I mean? If yep. you, you, you can only tell the people what you want people to know when it comes from you. And that was one of the, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. That was one of the, the things about working with uh, like Aaron, you know, and PJ is that they yeah. were never afraid to be on camera, man. They were out there talking yep. shit, having fun, making, you know, funny videos and just, and, yep. and that a lot of the people got to know them. And then in essence, you're no longer buying from Blackstone Labs. You're no longer buying from Prime Nutrition. You're buying from Aaron and PJ. You know what I mean? And right. that's, and, yeah. It personalizes, yep. you know? Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that statement. It's, it, it honestly, it humanizes a brand. Yep. And it, it, it creates like, I like that guy. People buy from what they like. Yeah. You know, that's it. Sure. So. People will even buy from people they don't like as long as the products are good. But at the end of the day, it's definitely about right, you right. Know, liking. It's definitely about liking the people and, you know, and just being able to, like you said, humanizing it because you, you put a face to the name and people aren't just sending money to, you know, Joe Blow's uh, supplement company, but they actually get to see who is behind the scenes and who they're interacting with. And I think it definitely makes a huge difference. And it doesn't, it's not even just supplements. I mean, we're talking just in general, right, anyway. I think. But yeah. you've definitely done a great job with that. And I think uh, you are more the camera, you know, you're more, you're, you're more the one to be on camera than your partner is. He's been in a few still shots, but has, has he done any videos? I don't remember any offhand. He'll uh, not, not by himself. He'll get on there with me with you or um, and, yeah. and do like a, he'll chime in or whatever. Right. Um, it's just, you know, it's hard to break a habit where he's, he's uh He's good in person, man. You put him, you know, you talk to him, people love him. You know what right. I mean? He's, he's a likable guy, you know? Yeah. Um, just not a fan of being camera on camera wise. Nah, he's not, but you yeah. know, um, that's, that's why we're a good team. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. You got to compliment each other. And I think you guys do that very well with, like I said, you being the, the camera guy and him being camera shy. That's okay. Cause it works out. It balances. So sure. that's cool. Well, sure. you know what, Alex, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show and we're just about at an hour, so uh, I definitely don't want to keep you out for any more of your time. But I uh, want to make sure we plug your business once again. So, guys, it's performance. It's performancesupps.com, right? S U P P Z, or S U P. Uh, so it's just it's uh, performanceSupp.com. Okay. Performance and they're follow them at performance supps on Instagram, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, performance so, Yep. Go check them out. Pick some stuff up. 
He carries some amazing brands, near, and you're only going to get the best service from these guys because they're amazing. So, brother, I appreciate you. I'm so honored to have you as one of the first guests of my new show, Stimulated, and I uh, look forward to uh, maybe having you on again down the line where we can catch up again. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in. My pleasure. Have a great day, brother. See ya.